broadcasting live from one of those fancy jumpstart basics on whatever plane they're from. This is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. Graham here, joined by Cameron. Hello. And Nelson. What up? I'm here. And today we're going to be talking about, well, not actually jumpstart. We'll be talking about M21. But before we do that, we're going to remind you, of course, that this show is brought to you very kindly by Card Kingdom. Do check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR for all the cards you want to buy. And this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. We didn't do an episode last week, which is unusual for us, but you know, in what's the what's the current nomenclature in 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 the current circumstances in due to the pandemic. It's these extraordinary times. Yes. Yeah, we were all just kind of kind of feeling wiped out and realized that we all had to talk about M21 and hadn't really played enough of it yet to render any sort of useful discussion. We were not feeling the vibe. Yeah, we were not vibing though in the parlance of today. Yeah. But I've played some now and I'm enjoying it even if I'm not winning that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 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 ways in which I am getting just utterly dumpstered in core 2021 have been varied and interesting and display like a real vision for where the product is going i feel yeah i mean start how you mean to continue i i got absolutely dismantled at the pre-pre-release and it's been you know a pretty solid continuation since then i've done a whole bunch of seals and gone like i think three three is my best mostly ending up around two three not amazing oh no i got five wins once that was a good day. Uh, <laughs> I've, done, I've done a couple drafts. Mama cooked they, the breakfast with no pork. Yeah. yeah, the drafts have gone a little bit better. But yeah, that's actually where we're going to start. We're going to talk about in limited, and we're going to do that through the lens of a more traditional crack a pack. We have we, obviously we haven't done a crack a pack on tap tap in. Uh, gosh, is it July? Holy hell! In it's months, July now. But we're going to do a crack a pack. It's going to be M21. We're going to, I'm going to be doing it digitally on the internet. And then we're going to talk about, we're going to use that as a jumping off point to discuss limited in the lens of like what sort of picks we would, we would make from that. So here we are. Hmm. Okay. So our, or should we, should I build up to the rare? I'll start with the, I'll start with the commons. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. Rangers guile. Single green instant target creature you control gets plus one, plus one and hexproof until end of turn. Yeah, that's a playable. Absolutely. Yeah. In the past, I recall that Ranger's Guile was sort of like in its more recent reprints because it's been reprinted several times. It's sort of like, yeah, you know, it's okay, but it's not like, mm, you know, not like a huge, not like an absolute auto include, but I've seen it cast more in this format than I think any other limited format that it's been in and i think that speaks to the quality and quantity of the removal in the set yeah absolutely when you've got like premium removal in black at common in the form of grasp of darkness and maybe this speaks to my record but i feel grasp of darkness simplifies as premium removal a card like ranger's guile suddenly gets a lot better i would add that ranger's guile also improves with the quality of the like positive auras you want to play like beneficial auras Hmm. and you know dub is in this set so there's some some extra edge you can get there by just protecting a creature that's two cards yeah fair enough yeah 
Yeah. Makeshift Battalion is next. Two and a white, three, two human soldier. Whenever it attacks, if two other creatures are attacking with it, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Pretty low on this card. Yeah, I'm not... I've never made it work. There's an amount of plus one, plus one counter synergies in green-white. And, you know, sometimes you just need a three drop, but it doesn't seem like the greatest thing you could be doing even in that deck. Yeah, agreed. Yep. I I don't want to be making the kind of attacks where I am... I don't know. This, this has never paid off well for me. This has never mm. been a gambit that has worked for me. One drop, two drop, makeshift battalion, hold up a combat trick and attack. That right. has usually resulted in extreme casualties. Well, here's a different three drop that could also go in the green-white counters deck. Pride Malkin, two and a green for a two-one cat. When it enters the battlefield, you put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control, and each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it has trample. I'm in favor of it. Yeah, we saw this card shine a bit at the pre-release. Yeah, I've seen this card put in a lot of work. It's one of those things that just having that static ability is kind of a big deal. I've seen a lot of board stalls happen and I've seen opponents that are unable to attack with their, you know, seven, seven that's been built up with a bunch of counters and I'm, you know, I'm doing an okay job sort of holding it back and then they get their pride Malkin down and suddenly that thing has trample and I'm dead. Yep. Yeah. I'm a big fan of these like pseudo haste effects and Mm. having it at common means you can, you know, be be reasonably confident of being able to pick one up, right? Like when this card or a similar card was in, obviously not this card, but was in Cons of Tarkir in the Abzan deck. I want to say the the Trample Lord was was it uncommon? Yeah, Tusk Guard Captain, I think the one that had Outlast. Yeah, I want to say she was hanging out with a mammoth. Yeah, there was also a red green Trample Lord in Amonkhet, which was also an uncommon. Oh yeah, some sort of Kenra. Yes, I don't remember the name of that one, but you're totally right. Kenra Trample Lord, I'm pretty sure it was called. <laughs> Sounds accurate, yeah. I feel that that was absolutely sharpied onto a index card at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Except instead of Kenra, it just said creature type in brackets. Have you had? Have either of you had experience with the green-white counters deck on either end of the board? I have tried to draft it several times now and been cut hard. So I feel it's popular. I have not yet. It's interesting. I think it's not one of the very all-in strategies. You know, like uh, draft archetypes can be, you know, very all-in where every card in the deck sort of has to be on theme to really make it pop off. And this one doesn't because it turns out putting plus and plus one counters on already pretty good green or white creatures is like just a fine bonus. So... Generally, I'm not going up against these like dedicated everything has counters and synergies and cares about counters and all that, but they'll have like one of the two, two Selesnia creatures. They'll have one of the Wildwood Scourge, the Hydra, you know, maybe the Pride Malkin or the Sabretooth Mauler or something, and then just a bunch of other cards in those colors that are good. And so it's not like the entire deck is on that theme, but it's just good and all the cards in it are good. Mm. I feel the plus one plus one counter uh, thing might be it might work a bit better in blue if you're mm. looking at like Wildwood Scourge into Quirion Dryad into Lore Scale Waddle Ooh. that feels really nice but that deck also falls down at the same like break point that a lot of like the like the wizard deck in Dominaria did where you're having to figure out like 
what's my balance here between plus one plus one counters on creatures and then the spells that enable that this time i'm confident i'll find it yeah i hope <laughs> i hope you do i look forward to hearing about those drafts query and dryad being at uncommon really uh is solid fuel for that idea next in the pack we have thrill of possibility one in a red instant as an additional cost to cast it discard a card draw two cards now the draw two cards deck that's a little more of an all-in plan have either of you experienced that on either side of things i've tried and it's hard it's difficult to put together this is definitely one of those decks that screams cam to me yeah oh absolutely absolutely it's uh it's screamed other things at me usually not <laughs> not favorable things you know gg has been screamed at me with that deck and you know various other things but again i feel confident that i'll figure it out at one point i think it's important with these cards not to commit fully to like playing all of the cards that are only good if you draw two cards yeah that being said like there are some totally fine enablers i feel like teferi's protege should be a role player in that deck absolutely sky scanner just a straight shooter with upper management written all over it. <laughs> Opt is back, right? Yeah, Opt is back. There's also a really big dude who draws a card when he attacks. Who am I thinking of? No, not Talarian Kraken. Oh, the... A four-drop the... Drake, I want to say. Is that it? Brain. Brain. Brain help. Because the Megalodon scries when it attacks. There's a 1-2 for 3 that draws a card when it attacks. The Library Larcenist. Tide Skimmer. Tide Skimmer. Oh. I talked up Tide Skimmer so much on our previous podcast. Three and a blue for a two, three Drake flying whenever you attack two or more creatures with flying draw a card. That's where you want to be. Also because Tide Skimmer stacks. Right. And Tide Skimmer does not itself have to be one of the creatures with flying that, that's attacking. Absolutely. I'm fascinated that this was a big guy who has a card when he attacks. Yeah, it's a As two, this three, is for a four. two, three. Yeah, for four which is neither a great deal on rate or very big in terms of the classic what is a big creature question in Magic. But, what are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, Cam here in just this player, world, right? <laughs> world of 01s and 1-2s. What, 2-3? That eats everything. Yeah, it blocks a 2-1 and, like, it's fine. It lives through it. It doesn't trade. I mean, speaking of Library Larcenist, who is not in this pack, have you noticed that getting like way more play than you expected because it's gotten way more play than i expected it seems to be doing a lot like this version of the ophidian actually draws a card usually right yeah. most times ophidians you just and here i mean ophidian is usually like a three drop one three that when it connects draws a card like when it does combat damage to a player it draws a card yeah like scroll thief larson is drawing a card on attack now now we're talking turkey that's that's where it's at i feel because usually Ophidians, you're just like, by the time you're able to swing with them, your opponent has like some 4-4 four, four for 4, so can't really swing into it. How soon before Shadow Mage Infiltrator is just a common that you cast for 1 blue and 2 generic, and, and still has, it's just a 1-3 flying, and when it attacks you draw a card? Like, we're not, you know, we're getting there. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by your idea. I like, I like this guy. Straight shooter. Upper management. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I would play that card. Well, here's another card that fits into that deck, but really it fits into any deck, and I love it, and I will always run as many of them as I can pick up in a draft. It's Sky Scanner. Mm -hmm. So three mana, one one Thopter with flying ETB 
draw a card. Hey there, little buddy. Yeah. If you need to hit your draw a second card on your turn for any anything like a tome anima or whatever, you're drawing a card there. But if even if you're not in that deck, it's just it's a it's a one one flyer. You draw a card. It it's good. It's just good. It goes in any you can. It's generic mana. It goes in any deck. This card's solid, but I want to speak out against it in favor of Pilgrim's Eye. Now in this set, there's a bunch of cards that care how many times you've drawn a second card for the turn. So it's really, it's no contest there. Skyscanner is going to come out ahead to enable those cards. But otherwise, if you're, you know, you're slamming three mana and only getting a 1-1 flyer, probably you'd want to draw a land because your deck is all about, you know, getting incremental value and making sure you get your land drops and being able to cast multiple spells a turn. And for these reasons, I believe Pilgrim's Eye to actually be a better Skyscanner, even though Skyscanner is more fun. Which one's Pilgrim's Eye again? It's just a 3-3, three, 3-mana, three, three 1-1 one, one flyer that when it enters the battlefield, you search your library for a basic land card. So you put the land in your hand? Yeah, just like drawing a card, but you only can draw a basic land. Hmm, interesting. But you always draw a basic land. Right. As opposed to this where you don't know what you're going to draw and it could be a basic land. You know, is it better to know for sure that you're going to draw a land than potentially draw whatever? Interesting. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. No, I like it. That's a that's yeah. good, good talk. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Further on in the pack, we have a Sabertooth Mauler. Three and a green for a 3-3 three, three cat. At the beginning of your end step, if a creature died this turn, you put a plus one, plus one counter on Sabertooth Mauler and untap it. I remember having warm feelings towards this card, and I feel that that will continue even if I never seem to be able to put a counter on it. I like this card a lot because it kind of tests the boundaries of what is win more. Like uh, Ben Wheeler was kind of wrecking a show with this card, and it's sort of this thing where like, if you have your opponent already on the back foot and they have to make bad blocks when you're attacking and then after combat you can play one of these, it just feels brutal. But it's kind of good on its own and you can even you maybe set up situations where like you're in black-green or even red-green and you have sacrifice outlets and you can you can turn on Morbid yourself and maybe you can jockey back into a winning position with this card. I like when it messes with... I, I say I like this, but generally I'm on the receiving end of it. I like when it messes with the math of not the math but it messes with the decision making in combat where it's like well this is what i want to do but if i do that then the saber tooth mauler just gets bigger and it's you know if it gets too much bigger then i won't be able to kill it with you know whatever thing that i have planned to kill it so i guess i just take this hit rather than double block this creature which is what i want to do absolutely it's an interesting one you could deal with it with this next card, which is Legion's Judgment, two and a white for a sorcery. Destroy target creature with four power or greater. This was originally printed in, was it Ixalan or Rivals of Ixalan? I think Rivals. Yeah, and it saw very minimal play in that limited environment, even with all the dinosaurs running around. And I feel like it has seen a similarly minimal play in this format i don't know have you seen a lot of legions judgments not especially what has been getting me has been swift response oh god swift response gets me all the time that card's so good yeah yeah but legions judgment no no swift response is the one in a white instant destroy target tapped creature it's so much better than the again was it from ixalan block or was it from the newest ravnica block 
where it's it was that but at sorcery speed which meant you had to let the creature actually hit you this time they just have to attack with it i actually thought that was another core set from like two years ago or something the sorcery destroy target tapped creature hmm. wasn't there one yeah. that was sorcery destroy target tapped creature but spell mastery this is an instant uh take vengeance take vengeance yeah that's the one i'm thinking of which was from m19 uh and then swift reckoning was the one with spell mastery yeah and that was three damage or five damage no, Swift Reckoning was destroy target tapped creature for one and a white sorcery, but with spell mastery you could cast it as if you as if it had flash. You're thinking of the Ravnica Allegiance one that is an instant all the time, but if you cast it on your turn, it deals five damage instead of three damage. Right. Okay, let's keep going. We've still got another forty five minutes in this podcast or so. We're gonna get through every single removal spell for <laughs> one generic and one white. I'm gonna start off with my favorite one from Alpha. It's balance. Just kidding. Let's keep going in the back. <laughs> okay. Cancel one blue blue instant counter target spell. Yeah? Sure is. Sure is cancel. Guess, guess, guess who's back. It's fine. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a bit better now. Cancel is the metric by which all other cards should be judged. It's like the most boring, least different, least risky card in the game. It's like, it is like an island or any other basic land. It's just like... This is going to be okay. It's not going to be amazing. It's not going to be terrible. So how is Lofty Denial then? More exciting. Yeah. And worse. I'm in favor of Lofty Denial. More exciting and worse. I would say worse in general. I don't know. Like Lofty Denial, if you have the flyers, it's fantastic because you're. it's basically going to be canceled 90% of the time or more, I think, for two mana, which is just clear, clearly better. But then you're obviously going to have the odd game where it's a bad four spike and you might not need a bad force spike. And, you know, cancel is never going to trick you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Tome Anima is next. Three and a blue for a 3-3 three, three spirit. And it can't be blocked as long as you've drawn two or more cards this turn. Anybody pop off with a Tome Anima? I feel that I should like this card. And maybe the fact that I don't prioritize it is the reason why I just get stomped. Maybe Tome Anima is really the solution to the problems I'm having. But... It doesn't excite. That's funny. I thought you were excited about it two weeks ago when we last talked about it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we're on a break. Aww. <laughs> Cameron Louder and, and Tome Anima are in a relationship and it's complicated. Mm. <sighs> Tome Anima. Three, three for four. And this is going to sound weird because I was really up on a two, three for four earlier. And I have nothing for you. I can't, I can't defend this judgment at all. Somehow this 3-3 this three, three for 4 isn't even a big guy. No, not at all. No, this is a small spirit. Our last common is Fetid Imp. One and a black for a 1-2 imp with flying, and you can pay a black to give it death touch until end of turn. Yeah, sure is a roadblock. Yeah, that card's fine, but a terrible first pick. Thought, thoughts on the best common here so far? I'm on the green creature that grows and untaps, I think. Sabertooth Mauler? Yes. I think that's yeah. my first pick if it's just the comments. I think you're right. I, I I mean, I might be tempted to take that sky scanner and stay open, but yeah, I think it's one of the I think it's Sabretooth Mauler or maybe Pride Malkin, but I, I think I'm with you. Our uncommons, however. Ooh, hey Cam. Tide skimmer. <gasps> oh, it's the big guy. <laughs> three in the blue, two, three flyer with uh whenever you attack with two more creatures with flying draw a card. So so large. So majestic. Wow, when did blue start getting two threes for four? Yeah, I know. Usually it's a three three for five. 
There's enough flyers in this format to make this make this work. Yeah, this card's just plain, plain good. It's like it's, it's yeah. Hard. There's a white creature that gives another creature flying. Oh yeah, the Gale Swooper. Like it's even if you don't turn it on, like the stats aren't embarrassing, and like the risk of turning it on is just wild. How do you feel about this one, Gormand? Gormand? I don't know how I'm supposed to pronounce it. I think it. you're supposed to say Gormand, even though it's kind of a stretch to say Gormand. I think that's the joke, though. You're just supposed yeah. to say Gormand. Okay. Even though it's kind of spelled Gormand, right? It's spelled, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not spelled Gormand. It's spelled Gormand. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Gormand. Gormand. Remand being reprinted. Yeah. Remand is getting a reprint confirmed. How has the Arena dev team not gotten Remand reprinted? I want new art for Remand. Come on. Yeah. Four black black for a 5-5 five, five demon. Additional cost to cast it. Sack a creature. But it has flying and trample. And when it enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices a creature. That's a neat little pack, a neat big package. Seen this in draft yet? I have not had this card grace my packs, but the instant it does, you better believe I'm I'm thinking about it. I've spent more mana on worse cards, certainly. I had it played against me in a situation where I was very lucky to have received a random 1-1 counter from something for some reason. Oh, I, I had it from a fungal rebirth. So the the sacrifice didn't really get me because I was able to just throw away this 1-1 token I didn't care about. But the 5-5 five, five flying trample, I you you definitely forget it has trample. You just assume that it's a 5-5 five, five flyer that sort of also does like a, kind of does the fleshbag marauder ability, even though it's templated differently because this is done as a cost to cast. So you have to have another creature. You can't just play Gourmand and then sack it and your opponent has to sack something. But I definitely forgot it has trample. I think that's going to come up. Also, big points to Gourmand for making Baneslayer Angel's abilities relevant. Oh, yeah. Oh. Give him a round of round of applause. Made Baneslayer Agent's protection abilities relevant. And that's not nothing. Thanks, Gourmand. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your service. The third uncommon is Faith's Fetters. Three and a white for an enchantment aura. Enchant permanent. And when it enters the battlefield, you gain four life, and the enchanted permanent can't attack or block, and its activated abilities can't be activated unless they are mana abilities. So you can make a creature not attack or block. You can make a land not do a thing that isn't mana. If there's a land that taps to do something, you can lock a planeswalker down. You can do all kinds of stuff. It's very powerful. Very, yep. very tempting, honestly. This is the new first pick, yeah. Sorry, other cards yeah. in this pack. This is what I'm on now. Yeah, I would definitely feel sad about like opening a pack with Gorm- Gourmand and Faith's Fetters because I don't think you can defend not taking Faith's Fetters first. Is this the first time, too? I, I might have asked this already, but I think this is the first time Faith's Fetters has been back in standard since Ravnica City of Guilds. That might be the case. That uh, seems plausible to me. Uh, yes, you are correct. Since its original printing in Ravnica City So Guilds, many other printings, yeah. <laughs> it has been printed in Dual Decks, Divine versus Demonic, Magic Online Theme Decks, Commander 2015, Eternal Masters, Commander Anthology Volume 2, Ultimate Masters, and the Mystery Boosters, but no actual standard booster product between Ravnica City of Guilds and now. So yeah, huh. standard players, you have to find out how great Faith Sweaters is. Now... In this format, this standard environment, I don't know if it's going to be as relevant and impactful, but 
It was a heavy hitter back in 2003. Yeah, the set does have... Christ, I'm old. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) The the set does have Return to Nature and Thrashing Brontodon in green, but not a huge amount of other enchantment removal that I've seen. I mean, even if they remove it, you still got to gain the four life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, our rare... Because you're both on Faith Fetter. I mean, I agree with you. All of us are on Faith Fetter so far. But here's the rare. Demonic Embrace. One black black for a creature enchantment. The enchanted creature gets plus three, plus one, has flying, and is a demon in addition to its other types. And you may cast Demonic Embrace from your graveyard by paying three life and discarding a card in addition to paying its other costs. What do we What do we make of Demonic Embrace? So this this card seems pretty good. I haven't gotten the chance to play with it yet or been beaten by it. I'm still not, I'm not immediately sure that I like it more than Faith's Fetters, I'll say that. Hmm. Yeah, because it does get Faith's Fettered, does it not? Oh yeah, it loses the match test real bad. That's funny. I mean, I wish it gave lifelink, I guess, as long as we're making stuff up, right? Well, or like, but... was some sort of other ability than fly? Like flying makes sense because it's on a demon, and I guess what you want is for your opponent to be spending their mana destroying your creature, and then you can keep like playing bad creatures and turning them into five power flyers or whatever. And like that's all well and good, and I'm sure we'll win plenty of games. The thing I don't like about this card is just that it gives the creature flying, and then obviously you want to be attacking with it. And like if you're successfully doing that, your opponent's better strategy is just to attack you on the ground and try to race you which they will likely do since you spent, you know, an extra card with like fair stats and haste, I guess. So that's fine. But still just like an aura to go in on a creature, you know, and then and then you're swinging like and that's your plan. And you probably prioritize getting cheap creatures into your deck, which aren't that great in order to have demonic embrace work all the time. So that's my two cents. I haven't played with this card yet. I also have not seen it on either side of the table, but I did watch kenji do a stream with it where he was controlling it and it was it was it was putting in some work it was it was really? doing 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 good stuff yeah it's definitely not a bad card i just think face fetters is an incredibly good card yeah i mean in a vacuum when i haven't seen how it plays in this format like it's, it's the thing right it's like i don't have necessarily direct experience but i saw someone playing with it based on that i would probably take it but if i hadn't i would definitely take the face fetters and there's a chance i take face fetters anyway just because it's like boy that's high risk no i mean maybe i'm seeing it in the wrong light too maybe it's just kind of like oh demonic embrace like if you draw that it doesn't matter how bad your creatures are if your draft has been going poorly or whatever you're just always going to fly over and kill your opponent yeah suddenly you have a probably five power flyer yeah maybe six or seven you know yeah black green throw this on some tree folk that has five power all the time or whatever and then you know just smash them in two turns yeah, get it onto something with vigilance or other abilities, and then you're feeling mm-hmm. all right. Like, yeah, lifelink is a sub theme for black in this set, right? Yeah, there's the the black white sub theme is if you have gained three life this turn, then pop off. Yeah, I just think like this card at at its base shouldn't be viewed with too much more reverence than uh, you know just any of the blue enchantments that are like one and a blue this creature gets plus two plus two and flying and there's there's been a few of them and they're often quite good like in innistrad you could build a deck that was just like blue white everything has flying or if it doesn't we put flying on it 
or red blue like we just put auras on things and we attack but i wouldn't usually pick one of those cards over faith fetters and like that's kind of the basic mode for this card where like you just know that you can have that card as much as you want it because you do have to discard a card like the the cost to rebuy this card is real that's true good way to use extraneous land later in the game absolutely no having having ways to reuse your spare cards is great so that's that's our pack and it sounds like we're probably taking faith fetters here how have you both found the limited format sort of overall i've certainly found it slow not not like the slowest not super grindy but it's you know i wouldn't say it's a blisteringly paced format and uh, as i said earlier i've you know maybe not been doing my most successful gaming with it but i've been having a lot of fun and there's been a lot of interesting things to see happen and sort of come together in entertaining ways like i said the variety and depth with which i've gotten thoroughly demolished in this environment i think speaks to some interesting things that are going on every color pairing seems to have something interesting to do and yeah no i'm I'm for it plus there's like big blue dorks that do things mm. right there's the guy that scries when he attacks there's the guy that when you draw another card you can pay to tap something down that's pretty cool that's exciting i like that i'd be curious to look at an infographic of the last several core sets to see how many words are on the cards for each corset because it feels to me like this corset just has more words on it than the last couple but it's been kind of it feels like it's been a trend mm. that they, they've been going up and so i i like that in general as long as we still feel like we're drafting corsets and like the cards do kind of basically what they say they're going to do or sorry yeah the card the cards do what you expect cards in that color to do mm. and i still feel like we have that and i'm a big fan of drafting corsets in general yeah so, and this one hasn't disappointed yet. There's there's some interesting, weird, different things going on. Yeah, well, like, I mean, if, if we're going to look at analogs to other cards and other core sets, we could look at something like Goblin Wizardry as an analog oh, to, yeah. like, uh, Dragon Fodder or Krenko's Token Maker. Command? Command! And it costs twice as much, but it makes two Goblin Wizards with prowess. It's also an instant, and I think Goblin Wizardry is kind of a terrific card. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I like it a lot. I also, it's just like a degree more complex, right? Like, there's more things you can do with it. The payoff is better. It's more expensive, but you know, it's a more interesting card. I feel than Cranko's Command, as it should be for four mana. Yeah. Oh no, I've definitely seen Goblin Wizardry get very scary, especially in multiples, because I've seen people play one of them end of their turn untap and then play the other one hitting the prowess on the two that can attack hitting me with them and then they have four and then you're sort of in this situation where it's like you could very easily put together a turn with four or five mana where you're casting two or maybe three spells in the turn and just suddenly you have four three threes maybe four fours attacking and it's like wow that that got out of hand real quick yeah, well, especially if those are like removal spells, right? Like in red, if they're just like going dome or blowing up your dudes, then yeah, yeah like the, those goblin those goblin wizard tokens are suddenly like kind of a big deal. Shock and Scorching Dragonfire are both very real cards. Thrill of Possibility too, to help kind of fuel, smooth out the drawing of these, these non-creature spells. 
Yep. I kind of like this black artifact that's like a new Phyrexian altar. I just like that black is kind of claiming, you know, these effects inside of its color pie, like the vampiric rites sort of artifact. Sorry, I've forgotten what it's called exactly, but it's like it's like a witch's cauldron or something. It's one in a black and tap and sack a creature to gain one life and draw a card. Yeah, yeah Malefic Scythe. So this card, nope, that's the wrong one. Sorry, different black artifact. Yes, which it's actually just called Witch's Cauldron. The scythe is also scary and annoying. Yeah, yeah, but I like that. I like that this card's only one black to cast, as opposed to like you know three generic to cast or whatever, and that you gain a life. It's it's a you know it's a really straightforward card, like a lot of the corset cards are. But I like seeing this kind of effect rooted in black, and that's been happening more and more over the years. So in terms of draft, we're all fairly in agreement that this is a really fun limited format. How has M21 been doing in standard? I don't know, but I'm hoping Nelson does because I'm about to ask him. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm, I'm ready. I've played a little bit of standard. I think my experience of the standard in the past week have been as much reflective of M21 as they have of the recent companion fix, just because I played a lot of post-Aquaria standard. Hmm. And then I took like a you know a little break there, and then the companion fix happened, and M twenty one came out, and so it's like I really noticed that people aren't playing nearly as many companions, which surprise surprise. But also the M twenty one cards have pushed a little bit this deck that was kind of on the fringes already because it got some cards in Theros. It's the mono white life gain beatdown sort of Soul Sisters deck. I've seen a bunch more of that on the ladder as kind of like a budget friendly intro deck. And it has this kind of cool rare that's a 1-1 for one with lifelink and vigilance, I believe. And then also another ability that makes angels. So it's called Speaker of the Heavens. I've run into this a little bit on ladder. I don't know if you have. Maybe I'm just in too low of a rank. But 1-1 for one white, vigilance, lifelink, and tap. Create a 4-4 white angel creature token flying. Activate this ability only if you have at least 7 life more than your starting life total. And only any time you can cast a sorcery. So along with, you know... Jani's Pride Mates and the Daxos and the Heliod from Theros and the other creatures that randomly gain life or just have lifelink like Hero's Hawk. They try to get, you know, this this is only one mana and then the tap ability to create a token is no mana. Like it's just tap. This isn't this isn't like a 1-1 one, one with a, a mana ability. or Sorry, ability that costs a bunch of mana, I mean, that you can use later and is kind of useful in the mid game. It's like you just play this guy on turn one if that's what you have and you attack with him because you have a bunch of you know, random one drop white creatures. And then eventually you'll have one and your life total will be like 30 unless your game went to heck, in which case you don't care anyway. But this is kind of an interesting addition to the dorks that gain life soul sister strategy. So that's a new card from Imperial one I've seen floating around. And this, I don't know, this deck, like on paper, honestly, white wing is always pretty good. Like it has the thing going where you mulligan better than your opponent for the most part, and you're even good at beating the other deck that usually mulligans better than the opponent, which is red deck wins or mm. mono red aggro. The red deck right now is it's also back, which is nice. To, it's nice to see mono red with Torbran back a little bit because companions are on Torbran wasn't an Enderleaf. Neither of them were big fans of the companion format, but they certainly have game. The current red deck because it's when it works, it deals damage in huge packets. You can get through an opponent at 50 life or whatever, but it's still classically, you know, the Soul Sisters deck is going to beat the red deck. So, yeah, that's what I've seen. And then I, t- I took a look at the the metagame share, and so this is a bunch from the, like, recent Red Bull untapped qualifiers, and so I thought I'd talk a little bit about 
cards. Now, I haven't rendered this a ton in the metagame, but I understand what's going on with these decks. Okay. These are important M21 cards that are coming up in standard. So first of all, my favorite. I opened two of them from the pre-pre-release. Got to play a little bit. By the way, thanks for letting me play on the pre-pre-release, Graham and James, everyone else who's on this call <laughs> or listening to this or anyone who might doubt whether or not it was a big deal. Super, super big deal. Thank you. Scavenging Ooze uh, oh, has, yeah. has really helped glue together a deck that's kind of been a pet strategy for for a little while since Eldraine, basically. People have been kind of trying to put together mono green aggro or mono green mid-range, mono green monsters, they're calling it. So it's kind of like big creatures for a medium or small amount of mana. So this deck also plays Questing Beast and Yorvo, both from Eldraine. Oh, wow. Yep, Vivian Arcbow Ranger from last year's core set. Jam Razor from, what's it called, Akoria. And then Crawl Harpooner and Pelt Collector getting in there from Ravnica. Stonecoil Serpent also from Eldraine. And Barkhide Troll, you probably have forgotten from M20. This is just a decent two drop in green for green green it's a 2-2 that enters with a plus one plus one counter and you can remove a plus one plus one counter to give it hexproof until the turn and then it also plays the great henge and 24 land and it's a very straightforward make big creatures attack your opponent deck so that's that's a cool addition scavenging news is no joke you know it's it's great i love getting to see you know straightforward and creature creatures matters decks um, getting ahead scavenging news also hasn't been in standard not as long as face fetters but yeah m13 close m14 and 14 sorry yeah right. it's been reprinted four other times since then but not in standard not in standard yeah this is only the second appearance in standard i believe yes you're correct in yeah, fact like face fetters yeah. was scavenging news originally printed in a commander set commander the first commander set yes it was uh Wow. They called the SCG tour I remember watching, they called it Mr. Walmart because like Walmart got a better deal on or they, they could sell the the first round, at least I don't know if it's still the case, but the commander products or any of those kind of box set products like dual decks or game night or whatever, like the thing is they would usually be a, a set price at Walmart. Right. So if there was one commander deck, I think this is probably still the case today. I'm not sure, but if there's a particular commander deck of the set of four that has kind of all the money in it, it's still just going to cost fifty nine ninety nine or whatever at Walmart versus like, you know, a yellow jacket or something. It's like, well, we're making the other three decks cheaper. They're, you know, thirty nine ninety nine or something. But this one deck is like $90 or something because they put all of the good cards, you know, they put the true name nemesis and the baleful strix in there or whatever. And like, that's, you know, an example right. but they definitely carried these cards as opposed to carrying single cards and and the original commander was how you got scavenging use i don't know why i assumed that scavenging use had been around for longer than that it feels like an old card doesn't it i mean yeah yeah you maybe you've seen like a altered art version that floated around on the internet or something that was like with an old border i know i've seen a tarmogoyf like that where it's like someone has done this cool alter where they like rewrite the text and make the border look like the border from berserk and giant growth from beta or whatever it certainly feels like it's a simple enough card that it could have been in you know mirage or something you know could have been from from the 90s but no it's not it's relatively recent okay moving on the black red sacrifice deck now gets to play village rights which is kind of cool and maybe not too surprising but to remind you this is a an instant for one black with an additional cost of sacrificing one creature and it just says draw two cards it's the same card as alters reap but they made a cost one whole generic mana less, and it turns out that's good enough to get played in standard. 
and I'm excited about that. I like the flavor of this card, and I also just like that they they printed Alter's Reap variants for 10 years or so. Like, I think Alter's Reap originally is from Innistrad. Anyways, th- this sort of effect has been around for quite a while, and it's always been at this kind of safe cost that only ever sees play unlimited. And I guess eventually at R&D, they were like, well, we like this card. Let's make it an actual card. What I also like about the Village Rights, and Cam, I feel like you'd appreciate this, is the visual reference to Village Cannibals. Oh my yes. gosh, I just got that. Yes, just now when you were, say- we were saying a visual reference, I'm like, what does it look like? And I thought of the other Innistrad card. Yeah, so because the Village Cannibals from Shadows Over Innistrad, the, the, the Village Cannibals have now become basically a cult and are starting to turn on their own because the flavor text from the village rights is you were so eager to take and consume yet when asked to give you refuse mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is fantastic yeah home, I re- home run flavor flavor department also village cannibals the hands at the bottom are mm-hmm. holding up a blanket as if like the the person has been surprised in bed right like yeah. they've woken up to see this cult around them made up of the people that they knew and loved but now this is someone who's dressed and they're on the ground right as if these people have tur- now turned on them it's good it's really yeah. good storytelling good morning we're here for your blood you are in fact breakfast num, num, num. so we had a meeting yeah uh you weren't around and we had a vote you won <laughs> yeah exactly important m21 cards making some waves in standard I think it's worth noting that actually none of them got into one of the very popular decks from just post companion fix, companion nerf, whatever you want to call it, which is the wilderness reclamation deck. Another really important card still on the ladder. You'll see it all over the place. Uses wilderness reclamation to make a whole bunch of mana and then eventually kill you with an expansion explosion. On the way there, it might play some shark typhoons. It might play some, you know, brazen borrowers, scorching dragon fires. Flame sweeps out of the sideboard if need be, that sort of thing. It does have some scavenging uses in the sideboard, but it's mostly just looking the same way it did before M21. But another fairly popular deck that has had several permutations is Bant Ramp. Bant Ramp, actually, just before Ikoria was printed, was kind of the boogeyman. Andre Strasky won one of the online arena, not pro tours, sorry, Mythic Championships with this archetype. And the popular version today looks somewhat similar to to that deck still playing nissa who shakes the world still playing teferi time raveler uro titan of nature's wrath hydroid crisis but includes teferi master of time maybe not too surprising to see teferi showing up somewhere since we saw uh the power of this card in the pre-release and we you know most people i'm sure have talked it up i, I think a lot of people have, have talked this card up a bit as a good control finisher and then another one that I probably surprised more people. I know we. I don't think we've talked about it much on this podcast yet. Joel Rael, Wanvuli Recluse. This is one generic and one green for a one-two legendary creature, human druid. With whenever you draw your second card each turn, create a two-two green cat creature token. And then for four or four and two green, so six mana, uh, activated ability. You don't have to tap it. Just pay the six green or six mana. Until end of turn, creatures you control have base power and toughness XX, where X is the number of cards in your hand. So yeah, this green creature turns out to be a blue card. Not too surprising, as it <laughs> says, whenever you draw your second card each turn. It's in this Bant Ramp deck, which is kind of a blue-green blue deck with some white cards like Elspeth Conquer's Death and Shadow of the Sky for 
uh, necessary removal. And so this card acts as your kind of like one card entire team where you can just play it and then, you know, pass, play it to Teferi the next turn, maybe draw a card. And then you also have a cat that's going to defend your Teferi. In later turns, you know, you'll just get Teferi to make a cat token on your turn and then phase out your opponent's creatures on their turn. Growth Spiral on your own turn will make a cat. There's a bunch of, you know, cantrips. Any any way you have to draw an extra card will make a cat. And if you can draw two cards on your opponent's turn, you make a cat then too. And then you can just sit behind a few cats, draw some cards, and if you have a window, you can use the extra removal in the game. Just so many cats. Yeah, so th- this card I've seen in the news a bunch. Yeah, That sounds real good. I like that a lot. Turns out. Yeah, the the blue red ability they they gave the best card ever printed for this this uh, mechanic to green. Well, yeah, well, ain't that the truth? Ain't <laughs> that just the truth? Flashback to that that part of Friday nights where Cameron decides he has to play the green fight another green creature card in in sealed. Right? Do, do you remember that? Sorry, it was a while ago. It was during Theros, I think. I barely remember this afternoon. Right. What did you have for breakfast, Cam? Do you remember breakfast? What does the room you're in smell and taste like? <laughs> I should not- shower. <laughs> so say we all. Yeah, that seems yeah. like a reasonable place to end the episode. For the for the record, I have showered today. Yes. <laughs> for the record, I have showered today too. For the record. I oh, are we keeping records of this? Yes, this is a record. It's all a right. recording. I will be showering in a little bit. Look at you, Mr. Honest. You're my rock, Graham. I prefer evening showers anyway. But that's going to do it for Discussions of M, at least, which is a set that we're enjoying and seems to be making an impact, which is nice. So I guess that's the goal. So success on that on that regard. A reminder that the show is brought to you by our friends at Card Kingdom. Check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR. They should have new buttons in, so do tell them. Loading Ready Run sent me a button, please, and they'll give you a little one inch button and it's brought to you also by you and your kind support of our patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run so for nelson hey and cameron yay i have been graham james is helping out with the card reader heather does podcast admin and we will talk to you next time bye everybody bye bye